is the Hopebound Podcast, and I'm your host, Danielle. But this podcast isn't about me, it's about you. So our guest that we have on the show today is someone who I've actually known for a number of years, and we met in a completely different place. We live in two different states now, and we met on the other side of the world. And so it's kind of a unique friendship and a unique opportunity because we met going out and doing something completely different, uh, both of us teaching overseas. And then we both, when we met, I think we were both single when we met. Yep. A lot has changed since then. A and, lot. Uh, <laughs> here we are several years later. I don't even know what, eight years later or something like this. Um, here we are being able to talk about some of these things that have impacted both of us in different ways. And it's just a really cool opportunity to kind of see how we can meet in one place and then life kind of happens and we're able to meet up in another place later on. So that's very cool. Um, so thank you, Melissa, for being with us. You're Would welcome. you go ahead and introduce yourself just a little bit? Tell us a little bit of what you want us to know about you. Yeah, my name is Melissa and I am 39. Uh, I am a teacher. I've been teaching for 18 years. This is my 18th year teaching. Uh, I have been back in the United States for over five years. In those five years, I have had two different teaching jobs. I have met, fallen in love, and gotten married during COVID to my husband. And in September, we had our one and only precious little boy, Liam. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. You mentioned you've had two different teaching jobs. Yes. I feel like there's there's a whole other topic right there on teaching, but there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. And with COVID, I'm sure that, you know, everything has kind of been upside down in that five years you've been back. And I've only been back for two and a half years. And I know that in that time since I've been back, again, during COVID, I came back during COVID and it's been, you know, a little bit difficult to adjust anyway. At first, when you come back, going through that reverse culture shock and trying to adjust back to America in itself, and then also COVID. And then also, I mean, teaching is very different here than it is overseas. And so coming back into a lot of change. And so can you just share a little bit about that, about the kind of what you went through coming back home and some of the changes and some of the maybe frustrations of coming back? Yeah, when I when I moved back, um, I moved to the town where my parents are. Uh, and stayed with them because I knew that coming back, I would probably have some struggles. You know, I've dealt with depression and anxiety since I was 18. Uh, and I knew that, you know, most, more than likely it was going to be a little bit of a challenge. And so I, um, I moved in with them for, I guess, an indeterminate amount of time because I didn't know where it was going to go or what was going to happen. And it turns out that, um, uh, my depression and anxiety kicked in pretty heavy. And I, uh, I had a really hard time adjusting back to the United States because I had been gone for so long. Yes, I visited, but people who don't live overseas don't understand that visiting is fine, but you know, you're going back overseas. So you don't allow yourself to have certain feelings or, you know, different things like that. Uh, and so I really went, kind of went through a little bit of a dark time trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do with my life all of a sudden. And I was like, I'm back with my parents and, uh, uh, but they were so loving and so supportive. Um, I got into a position 
you know, I got on some good, um, a good solid medical, you know, medical routine, um, got into some counseling and I was able to, after about a month of really solid care, uh, I was able to start substitute teaching. And that was really, really crucial for me because it allowed me the opportunity to see what it was like in the American classroom after being gone for six years. So I was overseas for six years. So, uh, and education changes so rapidly sometimes. Uh, so it allowed me the opportunity to be in different grade levels, different subjects, different schools. Uh, and I met a lot of really, really cool people. Some teachers took me under their wing and taught me like, this is the curriculum we're using. This is why we're using it. Uh, and it allowed me to work with American kids again, or in a more diverse classroom, let's say, because overseas, the classrooms I was in were very homogeneous, very same. <laughs> and so coming back to the States, you know, everybody, you know, you have this really cool mix of people. And so uh, it allowed me that opportunity to uh, settle back into my life. And during that time period where I was, I guess, you know, riding the hot mess express a little bit heavy um, is when I met my husband, actually. Uh, and we really just connected and we just happened to, you know, God brought us together at the time when we both really needed someone and we grew together through some trials and tribulations. Um, I'm going to focus on me, but he had some of his own uh, and it allowed us to start to build life together uh, with the support of our family. And it was really great. Uh, I was e even able to take a long-term sub position. So I was able to be in one position for six months for a teacher who was pregnant with twins, had some complications and just needed someone to take over her job for a while. So I was able to finish a school year for her. And by building these skills, taking the time to take care of myself, having a support system um, and having certain responsibilities, but not, you know, not having a house and different things like that, I was able to really focus on growing myself and this relationship with my husband and, uh, it, it led into the job that I've had now. This is my fourth year um, teaching middle school. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. That's, uh, I mean, it really is completely different. And, you know, I'll say just for myself too, when I first came back, my situation was a little bit different because I was leaving a domestic violence situation overseas and coming back into you know, one, just that in itself, you know, leaving a marriage and and being in a position where I was concerned for myself and my kids and trying to navigate that process, but also to be coming back to America and exactly like you're saying, kind of hitting this, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's coming next. It was a trial and error for a long time, you know, trying to navigate that on itself, just, just dealing with that. And, you know, I've got, I had some PTSD and so there was a little bit of, oh yeah um, trauma that I dealt with at the same time. But when you're in that, I think it's such a good thing to talk about and to bring up. And, you know, both of us have experienced different sides of the same sort of idea yeah. of just going through this, this difficult season where you mm -hmm. don't know what to do. Yep. And when you're going through that, it's so easy to just isolate, right? Like it's oh, yeah. not easy. I mean, it hurts, but it hurts bad it's, it's an avoiding the problem, right? You're yeah. like avoiding the connections, avoiding the effort, being afraid of getting hurt. And yeah. so you just start isolating. And in that isolation, 
there was so much more difficulty and so much more pain and it made the process even harder. And for me, what really helped in addition to being able to have, you know, the, just having things stable for a while, it really helped me to be in community. It helped me to be able to have people that I could reach out to. And like you said, a counselor have, you know, different people that I knew when I'm really struggling, I can talk to this person and they're not going to judge me for what I'm going through. They're going to listen. They're going to understand. They're going to believe my struggles. My yeah. feelings are valid. And I know that they're going to validate my feelings yep. and help me process to get to the next step. Yes. All of that is so important for actually getting momentum to move through these, you know, difficult seasons of life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And you know, I'm in a difficult season right now. Uh, you know, I, on paper, I have, a, I own a home, my husband and I own a home. I have a master's degree. We both have jobs that we love. We, but we have cars and we have a beautiful, healthy boy. And my mental health the last three months has never been so bad never. And it has been shocking to my system, to my husband's system, to my family. I have a great support system. I want to start that. My support system is rad. They're amazing. And I have, you know, some mamas that I chat with on Facebook. Um, and it's, I have a great support system. I didn't know that a woman could feel the way I felt after giving birth. This baby that we had was planned and wanted deeply. And I ended up delivering him two and a half weeks early because my blood pressure um, wasn't, I wasn't preeclampsia, but it wasn't great. And so I was already full term. I was 39 and they were like, let's just go ahead and deliver you. So that was traumatic in and of itself because you know, all of a sudden I'm being pulled out of my classroom after teaching for one day, one day. Wow. And, <laughs> and I had a great sub lined up. So he just stepped right in. Um, and it's, he was wonderful, but, um, I ended up being induced and going through the process of all of that in the hospital. Um, I was very well cared for. Um, I wasn't prepared for what happened after, you know, on TV and social media, people post what they want you to see. Yeah. And the reason I reached out to you and wanted to talk to you about this is because I want people to know my story and I want people to understand that there that there's another side to it. Like I gave birth to what I felt at the time was a little stranger. I carried and created was 50% of creating this baby and I carried him. And I gave birth to him and I felt zero connection to this little human that had just come out of my body. I had no idea what I was doing. And I'll, I'm gonna be straight up. I hated breastfeeding. I had anxiety about breastfeeding beforehand and I didn't say anything to anybody. And that was a mistake. I could have done some things, but you know what? I'm a first time mom and I didn't know. Um, I talked, I just, in the, in the hospital here, they were very like, 
everybody was trained in breastfeeding. So everybody was super positive and really helpful and very hands-on. So anytime, like every time I went to feed him, I called for help yeah. and they latched him on and I fed him. Um, luckily I had a great colostrum and my baby got a lot of colostrum, but, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. Everything was just, I was hot and all my hormones were crazy and I didn't know what was going on. And when we came home, I wanted to run away. Wow. I wanted to leave. Um, and that's very painful. Yeah. Because I, I thought I'd ruined my life. I thought my life was over. Um, the struggle for me was the fact that I felt like I'm an educated woman. Okay. And I worked hard for my education and all of a sudden I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. I was shocked with how I felt. I felt betrayed. I can't tell you why I felt betrayed or by whom I felt betrayed, but I felt betrayed because I was so shocked at how I felt. Um, now, the thing that I did is I immediately told everyone around me. I didn't, I didn't hold it in because I was scared. Yeah. I told my husband, I told my parents, I told my in-laws, specifically my mother-in-law, my father-in-law travels. So she's here a lot. Um, and uh, we, the day we brought my baby home, I don't remember. I just remember feeling really bad. And I looked at my husband and I said, I need help and I need it now. Um, I don't know what's going on. I looked at, they give you the, that huge packet when you leave the hospital here in the States about all these different things. And I knew, I knew about postpartum depression. I knew it was a thing. I just didn't know it was a thing. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah and I read through, I read through the packet and I had every single bullet point except for I didn't want to die and I didn't want to hurt my baby. In fact, I didn't even want to be near my baby because I felt that I wasn't good for him because I wasn't well. Hmm. And so my family came over, my mother-in-law stayed with my husband. My dad went to the grocery store and got formula for my baby because breastfeeding was not going to be our journey. And my mom took me to the ER. My wonderful doctor, who has been with me every step of the way, is actually a resident. And she was doing her ER rotation. So that's part of the reason I knew that I could get to, that I was okay going to the ER too, was that I knew she would be there. But I called the, I think it's like the midwife line that they have for like new moms. I remember calling that and saying I was coming in and why I was coming in. And so a midwife met me in the ER um, and they did a bunch of blood work and just to make sure that things were okay. And they weren't okay, actually. My thyroid was absolutely wild. Um, I've had a thyroid condition since I was, I mean, I think I was diagnosed at like 20, 22, something like that. Um, and so it was monitored just like my depression and anxiety were monitored through my whole pregnancy. I was medicated for both through my whole pregnancy. Um, but everything was wild. That's, that's the best way I can describe that. Um, I, 
the doc, my doctor came in, talked to us, talked to my mom. The midwife came in and said, you do not have to breastfeed. Do not mom guilt yourself. We'll get you set up. We'll, you know, you, if you want to do formula, get a bottle, get a formula and go. And, and your, your baby is going to be fine. Yeah. Your baby will be fine. Um, and my mother-in-law uh, actually, when my dad brought the formula to the house, she fed my baby the first, his very first bottle. And she was feeling guilty about that. And I told her, I said, please don't ever feel guilty about that because I wasn't well enough to do it. My husband needed the support from you and my parents were focusing on me. Um, and thank you. Thank you for being present and caring enough that you were able to feed my baby when I couldn't. Yeah. Um, so in the ER, we talked about the fact that after a woman has a baby, and that placenta comes out, you basically, your hormones basically drop to almost like pre-pregnancy levels really, really fast. And it takes a long time, weeks, for your hormones to balance. Thyroid condition, you can't fix a thyroid overnight. And it takes weeks for that as well. So I'm sitting there scared out of my gourd, scared, more scared than I've ever been in my whole life, more miserable more sad, more everything in my whole life. And I'm being told I have to wait weeks. Um. And I didn't think I would live for a moment. I thought, oh my God, this is going to kill me. Not because I wanted to die. I wanted to live. But soon that, well, that was a fleeting thought, but it, it was there. Yeah. Um, they gave me some medication, a benzodiazepine, which is very common for women who are going through what I was going through they were telling me that I had postpartum anxiety for sure most likely the depression would come um and so they gave me benzodiazepine and then they had me wait for about you know a half an hour and it really helped um I was still miserable but it took me out of crisis mode yeah um and so we were in the ER for, you know, like four hours or something. And um, I came home and I dreaded coming home because my baby was here. Because I was scared of him. I was scared because I didn't know him. I was scared because I didn't know that I could feel the way I was feeling. He needed everything from us. And I don't want to keep saying me, 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 because I have so much support. My husband's amazing. My family's amazing. But I can only share my journey. Yeah. And, um, like, I could, I didn't even want to carry him. I was so scared. I had a, um, an injury previously to birth that made me a little, that made me had some mobility issues that, so that was also a healing process that was occurring at the same time. Um, so it was really, I couldn't carry him safely. I couldn't go up and down the stairs. And honestly, I didn't want to go up and down the stairs because I had all of these dark thoughts, these intrusive thoughts, like all the like worst case scenario, you're going to fall down the stairs. You're going to, and like the one that that really was bad is that I was going to fall down the stairs and I was going to throw the baby and he hit the wall. Mm. That was an intrusive thought that happened for quite a while. And I don't know. 
I know that um, people have intrusive thoughts for different kinds of mental health, but the the mom intrusive thought things are real and they happen. Um, I couldn't believe it, uh, how scary they were and the anxiety and everything. Um, there was a program that they re reactivated, I guess, after COVID. And it was where they have a, a county health nurse that comes and does two visits at your house and just kind of, you know, weighs your baby and talks about things and just kind of, you know, brings you supplies and whatever. And so she came and did her two visits and she was really integral in getting me plugged into some community resources. Um, some of them, you know, they, they worked and some of them, they didn't cause they, they didn't have everybody shorthanded. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so you know, I sit here and I think back to like the first several weeks of my son's life and I don't I don't remember anything happy. I remember pain, I remember suffering, I remember being scared, I remember deep deep regret. Um because I was mad at myself that I didn't know a woman could feel like this. I didn't I didn't know it could happen. And my doctor had me coming in every 10 days to two weeks to check in. And every time I went in, I was like, okay, they're going to fix me this time. And when I leave, I'm going to be well. And that is not how it works. I wish it was, but no. Uh, so at my six-week postpartum visit, we made the decision that I would go back on hormonal, hormonal birth control pills to kind of help even out my hormones, get my body back on track. Uh, And so we started those at six week postpartum. And uh, it was a great decision for me because it really, because it was the birth control pills I was on previous to deciding to have a baby. And I knew that they worked. I knew it was a medication I tried before. I knew my body was also different. So I had to realize that, you know, things might be different, but that was a really good step in the right direction for my healing because it got my hormones in check. And I was able, you know, that very, at the end of that very first pack, I had my very first menstrual cycle and I've had another one since. And um, I, I don't think I've ever been so happy to have a menstrual cycle in my life because I was like, oh my God, my body's healing. Because when your thyroid is totally crazy, you know, at your body as a female, you don't have a period, you don't have all these things. And all of a sudden it was happening. And I was like, oh, okay. So there is something to this, like wait and suffer for a while thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but my thyroid was definitely a journey because I went from hypo thyroid, so slow thyroid through my, for my whole life, pretty much through my pregnancy to hyperthyroid. And in nine weeks, I lost 50 pounds. Wow. And everyone around me was like, Oh, and being, um, a lady of size, I suppose you could say 50 pounds is a lot, but it's not dangerous. Um, in the sense that they were like, well, we're going to watch you. It wasn't like a hospitalization thing. It was like, we're just going to watch you. Um, but having a hypothyroid really messes with your mental health. 
It can make you super anxious, super all all the all the super things I was bad things I was going through. You know, and once I decide once things started to clear a little bit for me, and I mean just a little tiny bit, I made myself a student of postpartum depression and anxiety. And I looked at val like valid resources, not just random things on the internet. I was looking at like the Mayo Clinic, the Cleveland Clinic, uh, different things that my doctor recommended. I wasn't going searching on random, you know, dot com websites, okay? Because that's that doesn't, they all warned me, don't do that. And everything was, you know, on the postpartum, it says, make sure you get a thyroid panel. You know, and I'm like, well, I already know my thyroid's a problem. So what else are you going to tell me? Yeah. And it was, wait, wait, it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. And like, great. Okay, wonderful. But what's, what are you going to do for me now while I'm suffering so deeply and scared of my child? We're going to end right here for today. This is a three-part interview, so you'll hear the rest of this interview over the next two episodes. Please join us back here Thursday to listen to part two. Thank you so much for joining us today. Together, we're hope-bound. You belong.